prayer's already been answered today. And with that, God would meet with us. Um, it's interesting because it seems like I didn't hear everything from, um, but just from the comments that I was hearing from the Crossway Celebration Arts team for the message that they heard last Sunday. This thrust of this message seems like it might be the same thing. And it's interesting, too, that those that were here at Gateway last Sunday, the message ends with the same verse we ended with last Sunday, which is the introduction to Bill's next message in Philippians. So, um, whenever that may be. (laughs) Whenever that may be. (laughs) That's right. So, um, Christmas is over. Most New Year's revolutions are uh, fading, <laughs> probably. Uh, and the cultural and Christian emotion around Christmas is kind of past. So today we're going to look at the Christmas story in a non-emotional way. Um, and we will read the passage out of the Bible, but... We're not going to look at it in your Bible yet because you'll miss what I'm going to say if you do. So I'm going to read this passage with the facts that were known at the time, okay? And then we'll put all the stuff in that God in his uh, wisdom has put in there. Here's the setting. It's an Israelite community. We all know that. Um, The word of the Lord was rare if not non-existent for eight or ten generations. There was no prophet in Israel now. you got to get this situation that you are in mentally right now. So, Israel hasn't had a prophet for a long, long time. They've probably been going about their synagogue worship very much in a ritualistic way at this point. Dad hadn't had anything to say about God's prophet, and great-grandfather hasn't. And so, here we are in this community, and by the way, um, this priest went in for the annual enter into the Holy of Holies, and he saw a vision, but he can't tell anybody about it. And so, here we are, and... um, Joseph and Mary are engaged. Mary leaves to go see Aunt Elizabeth for six months, comes back, and uh, is visibly showing with child. She tells her story to her family and Joseph. Would anybody like to volunteer to be Mary and tell this story? I mean, it sounds kind of crazy. Well... Um, you know, there was angel. <laughs> yes, and it kind of overcame me, and it just happened. We, uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. That's the whole community's response. Um, and the interesting thing is that many Israelite girls would dream; they dreamt, dreamt of of being the mother of the Messiah for the nation. You know, now here's one that says, well, it's just happened. 400 years, nobody's heard anything. So the facts of the scripture are this. When Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, 
she was found to be with child. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So we have right here in the greatest story ever told, a moral dilemma, right at the very beginning. While two people engaged to one another, both um, pure and undefiled, and all of a sudden, one of them's with child, mom's with child. So this moral dilemma turns into a personal dilemma for Joseph. So Joseph is found, finds himself in this place. Um, really, it's a, almost a vice of public opinion and public scandal and personal pain that he's feeling at this time. And so what happens in a place like this for Joseph is what happens for all of us. When we're under pressure, who we really are is what comes out. Isn't it? Well, what kind of man was Joseph? What did the scripture say? What kind of man is he? And Joseph being a righteous man. Joseph was a righteous man. And so, what came out was goodness. He was, um, he wanted to be kind and sensitive to Mary. And so he had this plan. You know what? There's a couple ways we can go here. You know, we can stone her, but or he can just put her away <clears throat> secretly. And so he had a good plan because he had a good heart. And he loved this woman. Um, so he chose this to do. Now he could have made a different choice, couldn't he? He had the choice to, to do what most everybody would have done, right? You know, divorced her and had her stoned. But he didn't choose that. He chose a good plan from the goodness of who he was. Now, how in the world was he able to really see what was going on? You know, it wasn't like a bunch of evangelists were around at the time. Because here's what the story says. It says, But when he had considered this a good plan from a good heart, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's a dream. We all have dreams. I, I can't ever seem to remember any of mine. I really don't. Tim has very imaginative dreams and remembers all the kinds of details. Um, so this is how Joseph was able to see what was really going on. It was grace. God's grace that gave him a dream. And so here we have, in order for Joseph to stay faithful to this walk of faith, he had to wake up to the spiritual reality of what was really happening. He could continue to look at it with human eyes and human perspective, 
or he could become alert and awake to what God was showing him. And so he had a choice of what he was going to do. And that choice was to do away with his good plan. His good plan that came out of a good heart. To lay that down. How many of us have made good plans? And you know, we, we've got our plan and we know it's a good plan. And then the spiritual reality of really where we're at or what's going on, we have to abandon that plan. Because mm-hmm. our eyes have been opened and God's showed us it's more than what we think. Joseph, in the midst of his own pain and public opinion, had to do something very different than the good plan. Um, you know, and so it, he made this choice. If you look in verse 24, and we'll read this whole passage in just a minute. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel, as the angel of the Lord commanded. He had a choice. He changed his plan. He obeyed. Jesus could have still been born under the other choice. Mary would have been put away secretly. Jesus would have been born. A lot of different circumstances. So, um, let's read the whole passage. Let me fill in all the stuff that we get to see when we look backwards at it. But that, that, was, that, were the fa- that was the facts. It starts out in Matthew 1.18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. They didn't know it was Jesus Christ at that time. But, you know, we just read it. Here's, here's the way the story reads. It's obvious it was Jesus that she was having. Not to her, not to Joseph, not to the family. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. That's part of the story. And then comes the dream. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now it's interesting, then this kind of aside is put in there. In verse 22 and 23 it says, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated means God with us. And then the story really continues. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. So it's really interesting here. Uh, Joseph really isn't one of the main players in this whole story. But his choices were very, very important. Um, He, out, out of an act of faith, woke up and took Mary as his wife because his eyes had been opened to the spiritual reality of really what God was doing. 
And so that ushered him into this story of God. What's interesting is that was the initial act of faith, but his walk of faith had a whole lot more choices that he had to make. Now, God seemed like he used dreams to speak to this man, but, you know, he, he led that family through a lot of choices that maybe weren't all that easy to make. You know, like flee to Egypt. Well, that's a whole other place, another culture. You know, I won't know anybody down there. You know, these, these are the kind of risks that he had to take, you know, in, in this. And so what we have with Joseph is a, a man with proven character, a man who is willing to take risks, uh, in other words, to make brave choices. A man who um, was staying alert to what God was doing. It wasn't a matter of just, oh, that's what he said, and then I'll make a plan and make it happen. Abraham did that, didn't he? He knew what God promised, but then he made his own plan, and God had to kind of help him back up and do it God's way. So, there's an obedience factor that happens. <coughs> and so when we wake up to something spiritually that God is doing, uh, there's a choice we have to make in it. It's one thing to know God's will, but the faith response is what? To do it. Yeah, to yes. do God's will. Yes, Lord. <coughs> exactly. Just what we've been talking about. Just what you guys have said you know so i'm kind of preaching to the choir here so i hope it's an affirmation of what you're supposed to say yes to you know for for crossway celebration arts team twice now (laughs) so um you know we have to move out and obey god um it's interesting because i know that some of us are getting a little bit older um And what I've heard from the heart and from the mouth is, we really want to finish well. How many want to finish well? Even if you're 21 years old, you want to finish well. And yet at the same time, I think a lot of times, I just kind of wonder in the back of our hearts, we want to finish well, but safely. anybody ever had that kind of I like things the way they are you know I'm feeling kind of secure in my walk with God I just want to be faithful and just cruise right on into the end just like it is do you feel that way sometimes I do I do I feel that way and uh, Joseph's life has really challenged me in, in that respect it's like sometimes we think we can say yes to a walk of faith and not really have to risk anything. Not really have anything that's kind of required of us. Not ever appear like it's foolish what we say we're about, believe, or do. Um, We kind of really want to be able to follow God and still have um, the security of the known. And, um, you know, so this has been a challenge because... You know, I know Bill and I have talked about, you know, we, 
it's better to wear out rather than rust out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we're going to go out, I'd rather flame out than just kind of mold out. <laughs> <laughs> that makes any sense to you. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and so... You guys have you guys have heard a lot. So, at this point, at this point in today's message, what's your takeaway? Anybody want to just? I won't call on Susan because she's not frowning quite as much as she did last Sunday, <laughs> which was bothering me. But she was taking away things. Does anybody have a takeaway yet from from today's message? Lord hadn't given up on me. That's a good takeaway. What he said? The Lord hasn't given up on him. Anybody ever felt like, well, I feel like you've got me on the shelf for a while, God. Have you just put me on the shelf? Well, you all are just so active, you never felt that way. Okay. <laughs> Spiritually on a shelf, okay? I was thinking about what Joseph, as a young man, you know, and the, the plans that you have for a wedding and just, how everything, I mean, God just had a whole different plan. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, many young people, they think we're going to have a certain wedding, but I'm sure that this affected their wedding. It affected mm-hmm. their <laughs> honeymoon. <laughs> they affected their their first year together. I mean, and to be a carpenter and then to go to Egypt, I don't know if Egypt was a different language, but even as a young person, God had a totally different place for them to go, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of couples have one or two or three or four years of just being a couple. Uh-huh. They didn't have that. They didn't have that at all. Hmm. What also strikes me is that um, when God calls us to do something that's risky and different, He's faithful to speak to us. I mean, mm-hmm. unless the angel had appeared to Joseph, right. what what other plans should he have? I mean, exactly. I mean, he protected. He was protecting her from being stoned to death. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the absolute most righteous plan without hearing the specific voice of God. Exactly. And when God knew he needed something else, he broke through mm-hmm. in the supernatural and he spoke to him. And he does the same today. And that's God's grace. And that's God's grace. Because his eyes were open to, to see the real, the spiritual reality right. rather than just the human level perspective that he had. Why didn't God give him that dream before she got pregnant? That's what I keep asking myself. Choices. Mm-hmm. Choices. What do you mean? He had to make a choice. He had, had to... Why did God... Um, Feed manna to the the kids in in the desert. They were hungry. <laughs> well, no, he, it, it said the Bible says that he was testing what was in their heart. Mm-hmm. He was testing what was in their heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was doing the work in Joseph's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Joseph. what strikes me is that when we talk about the, the character, is that's built with little things. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we dream and we want to be big things, mm-hmm. but the character develops to the little things. Mm-hmm. Joseph didn't all of a sudden become a righteous mm-hmm. man at that That's point. Right. That's mm-hmm. good. It's, you know, his, mm-hmm. his life had been built mm-hmm. on littler things mm-hmm. that brought him to that character. And, and, mm-hmm. and that speaks to how we need to yield to God in his everyday sanctification of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't it? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, I'm going to be prepared for the big thing. No, it's saying yes today to little things. It's yielding that prepares us for those things. You know, the Bible doesn't say this, but I wonder if that had ever happened before, where some man had got engaged and the work, the girl got pregnant, and then he kept her as a wife in that culture. Has that ever happened before? I don't. Mr. Google probably knows. <laughs> that, they don't know either, it's just a, it's a good question. Yeah. 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 I was also thinking about it like Joyce was saying, saying yes even when it made no sense. Mm-hmm. In the cultural sense, in the religious sense. But it's like, okay, yes, Lord. This makes no sense, but I'm going to be obedient to what I think you have told me. Sometimes God calls us to do things and it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And so there's that that place of growing the faith, growing Joseph's faith to hear from God and trust him. I, I, I tell go ahead, Bill. I have one observation. I think it's interesting that God used an angel actually to touch both mm-hmm. Joseph and Mary. Mm-hmm. Because as a man and wife, they both had the same experience. Hearing God in a supernatural way or seeing a supernatural creature or whatever of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's quite remarkable. I mean, he could have done it in a lot of different ways. But he chose the same sort of way. That gave Joseph an extra ability to say, you know what? I can understand mm-hmm. that she had this experience mm-hmm. with an angel or had a mm-hmm. supernatural thing. Otherwise, it still would have been very difficult mm-hmm. for him to do that. Mm-hmm. But because he experienced it, God sent a similar type of a thing to him. It just concretely just made it aware that mm-hmm. it wasn't just a made-up story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two people that were uh, going to be on a journey together were given some common ground in, in the way that things were revealed to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that just kind of came to my mind too is how, like, here's Mary pregnant, she's not married. And outside of the believing community, she might have not even, somebody might not have even blinked. But it was in the believing community where the misunderstanding and the potential persecution of believers who would have stoned her, not unbelievers. Yeah. You know, and I think about that today, like, you know, if God calls me to do something, you know, or if God calls you to do something, or one of us, you know, um, you know, supporting each other and coming, you know, all of us coming into a place of faith with what God's called each other to do. I mean, I don't, not that I feel persecuted, or that we do that here in this group, but, but, but you know, I, I, I assume there's the potential for that because there was there mm-hmm. that God was calling them to do something that was offensive and, I, and maybe that's what it is maybe it's just that you know the offense of the Lord is always it's always possible to kind of be like would God really tell somebody to do that go there mm-hmm. speak that you know take on that role that job blah 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 blah, blah you know mm-hmm. so anyway yeah. So, 
some of the main takeaways that I wanted you all to get, which I think we have as a, as a people in a church, is that knowing God, God, knowing God's will is only the beginning. The faith response is obedience mm-hmm. and, and, and doing that. And secondly, that the walk of faith is not necessarily safe. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's very secure, but it may not be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the important thing today is that your choices matter. Mm-hmm. Joseph was not like the lead actor in the story, mm-hmm. but his choices were extremely important. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we can we can just kind of think, well, what I decide really doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but it does matter. Mm-hmm. It's like Bill was talking about the weaving together of all the things earlier. He's weaving your choices in for good or or average or not so good to all the choices that are being made. Um, and then the importance of having made choices, the the importance of staying alert mm-hmm. to what's happening spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know that most of us, as we process this stuff, we're processing it like this, for me, for me, for me. Um, but we are a community. We're a little bitty church that's barely on the horizon, even in the local area. Our choices matter. Mm-hmm. What we choose to do as a church, mm-hmm. even though we're not some big hitter, it matters. First of all, it matters to God, mm-hmm. but it matters to God's plan as well. And so... Um, I enjoy what we're doing now. I know Cecil does. He loves home church. Um, it's been a great time of reconnecting. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's um, close. We get to really spend a lot of time together. It's comfortable. And it's necessary. But God may say, I want you to stay in this place. And really do what Susan was saying earlier. There, there's an interesting scripture that Bill supposedly, I guess if you go to the next scripture, it's Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says this, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with hum- humility of mind, let each one of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Now, how in the world does that fit in with this? It fits in this way. We're a body of people that all have a like passion to walk closely with God and to see others walk with God. And yet, it's expressed in a multitude of different ways. We, within our church, it's interesting to see how many different avenues of interest we have, you know, whether it's Crosswave Celebration Arts, Peru, Hands, India, um, Haiti, uh, uh, um, the, the internationals. Uh, you know, there's just so many places our hearts are so the, the important thing is, is, is keeping those interests of other people 
as on the radar, you know, uh, honoring that. And so I don't know what God has for us, but I just would encourage us as we begin this new year, which is we're already, what, almost 10% finished with, uh, if you want to look at it that way, um, to pray and, and confirm and affirm what you're about. It may be that we are a body of believers that comes together and encourages one another to step out in those places where each of us see God working in these, all these different places and that's our little choice and our contribution, and yet this is a place where you're encouraged in that, challenged and inspired in that. Or is there something more as a group of people we're supposed to be about? Which means your good plan may need to be laid down for the sake of God's plan. So you see, it's not just an easy thing. Oh, I'll just add that into my schedule. Who's got room in their schedule <laughs> to add another big thing from God to do? I don't. So, you know, as, as I think, and, and Bill and Greg and I haven't even really talked about that. We've just been walking in this place of reconnection with everybody. But at some point, we and the church will need to be before the Lord and say, you've invested so much in us, God, in understanding and grace. Um, what do you want us to do with it? And so today is just kind of a wake-up call of, hey, I really want you to be praying about this thing, that we encourage one another in the ministries that have already been established, or God has something else for us as a people, another choice, which will be a difficult choice if any of us are required to lay down something else. So it's exciting. Whatever we do, you know, when we choose it, and we walk in obedience, uh, it's going to be exciting to see what God has to do with that. But I just felt like this particular message shows that your choices are important. Mm -hmm. Our choices as a body are important. And I just wanted to get it up on the radar this morning for us to begin to reconsider that and pray about it. Any any thoughts or comments? Very well put, I think we all know this, but the obvious thing is, you know, Abraham trying to make his own way. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a mess. huge mess that was. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we just assume, well, we're going to do it this way because that's the logical way. It's not God's way. And the vain Preston, the takeaway for me in this is that it's all about Jesus. Right. You know, the people that make a difference in his story and history are those that lay aside their own plans to accommodate the plans of God. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really feel like, you know, it's, it's a time to, to be intent on what his purposes are. Um, you know, I guess a, a nation can be converted, but um, by and large, disciples are made one at a time. And I think, uh, you know... The, the American way is everything's got to get bigger and bigger. And yet Jesus' Jesus' way of making disciples was disciple, disciple, a disciple, disciple is a disciple. And then they disciple. So if we had stuck to his plan, we probably would be a lot further along than we are. So I think 
you know, for me, it's just a matter, and, and I think it's responsibility for Greg and, and Bill and I is, you know, Lord, are we are we are we about what we're supposed to be about, and do we need to just empower, equip, and launch everybody into the fullness of the ministry they have, or have you brought us together for something different than that? And so I just want to leave it with that, and maybe let's just close with prayer and. Um, we'll go from there. Okay. Father, thank you so much that, uh, Lord, you have the plan. Your plans are not thwarted. And Lord, in your, in your great mercy and grace, you call us to join in. And Lord, sometimes it's even unknowingly that we, we are woven into your plan. And so we thank you, Father, first, that you've called us to be your own. Secondly, that you've called us to join us in your work. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes and our heart to confirm the work that you're about for us individually and corporately. In Jesus' name, amen.